The distance. Say that with me. Going the distance. I mean, that was pathetic. I mean, come on, let's say it like we want to go there. Come on, say it with me. Going the distance. In this series, we've already, I believe, covered some incredible principles. Someone was listening to the CD this week and was so engrossed in the CD, they didn't even realize they were running out of gas in their car. I mean, how many knows these are important principles? But it's also important to fill your car up with gas, too. And everyone said, Amen. But I believe we've already covered some major important principles uh, that when applied to your life, they will give you the necessary tools to see your marriage go the difference. We believe in families here. We believe in seeing your homes blessed. We want that. That's why we're teaching on subjects like this. In a society where more are failing, it seems, than being a success, I believe we can live by a higher standard, and that standard is his instruction and by his word, and that we don't have to fall victims to statistics, but rather we can have a marriage that with God and through God, it can go the distance. Two weeks ago, I said this, if God has a marriage planned for you, then you already have been given or created to go the distance That means God has already given you the tools that you need to make it happen. God's plan for marriage, your marriage, is exactly that. A marriage that goes all the way sexually, emotionally and spiritually that you will find together complete fulfillment. And today we're going to look at the man's role and we're going to look at the man's responsibility. Or as we have entitled this message, how to be or being God's man. How to be the man that God wants us to be. How to be present, how to be prepared. And you may say, well, Philip, I'm not married. So what does it matter about me being the man? If you plan to be married one day, it starts right now. And these are important principles that you need to apply. And ladies, don't just shut me off today and say, well, they're talking about the men. Because you need to hear this too. You need to understand this and you need to learn it. And I know that some of you women are going to be taking a whole lot of notes, probably for your husbands also today, making sure what that they know exactly what was being said. Men, we're wired a little bit different. Our roles and responsibilities may be different. But ladies, you need to hold him accountable too to what God has called him to be. Let's look at the scripture where it all began. Matthew 19 verse 4 and it says, And he said to them, Have you not read, God who made them in the beginning made them both male and female. God created mankind different. 
God created mankind as male and he created them as female. As one author put, one from Venus and the other one from Mars. But if you haven't noticed, God created us very different. I know for some of you that may be a shock today. But God created and made you very different. I was reading a cute little story just this week about two little children that were in the bath together, a brother and a sister. They were three years of age and they're standing ankle deep in water. And all of a sudden, the little brother looks up and down and he begins to smile. And he points at his sister and says, look, I have an outie and you have an innie. How many knows he wasn't talking about the belly button? We are different. Hello. And it's not just physical, but emotionally, spiritually, and in so many other ways. We used this illustration before, and actually last year I gave you all a pair of these really cool hip glasses. But if you would notice, one lens is red and the other is blue. And the reason why we used this illustration before was because men see different, men hear different, and men speak different to women. Women speak pink. Women see pink. Women hear pink, which is great until men start seeing blue, hearing blue, and speaking blue. Then Houston, we have a problem. But one thing we discovered was this. We're not wrong. We are just... We're just different. And in order for our marriages to go the distance, sorry, in order for our marriages to go the distance, we've got to embrace our differences and learn how to decode each other's deepest need. Because to unlock or to decode each other's deepest need is where we will find true fulfillment. And happiness. And let me throw out a commercial there. You need to be back here Sunday night because we're going to begin talking about the pink and blue saga tonight. It's really, really awesome. But listen to me. What's happened in society over the last few decades mainly has that we have tried to create man and woman as equal. We've tried to make them equal. Now, I believe that there has been some good that has come through equality. And I believe that it's okay for women to work. I believe it's okay for these things. I believe that there are many good things that have come in the move or the quest for equality. But with the good, how many knows there are so many times the attachment of the bad? That the bad comes. And what has happened is, as a result of the bad... We are beginning to lose sight of our divine differences, of how God made us, and how God made us to fulfill specific roles. We are not created equal. God made us male, and God made us female. Do you hear me today? We are different, not by default, but we are different by divine design. God made us that way for a purpose and it's the world's way of trying to make us equal to try and equalize what God has said. No, this is man's role. This is woman's role. This is man's responsibility and this is woman's responsibility. Come on, we communicate differently. Come on, guys, grunt and nod. That's our communication. It's about the extent of our communication 
we grunt and we nod where women want to talk for hours and they spider web. Anyone know what spider webbing is? That they will go from the mall to their work, to this, to that, to which, where, everywhere, that everything's connected to everything and the guy is sitting there going, ah, I'm dead. Come on, we relate to others differently. We approach risks differently. We relate to money in a different way. We worship in different ways. Our sexual desires are different. What makes us secure is different. Our abilities are different. We are just different. But again, God-given differences for a reason, for his divine design. Therefore, for great success, we need to understand those differences and bring those together. We're not only different in how we see and do life, but we're also very distinctly different in the roles that we have and the responsibilities that God has given us in our marriage. As we serve the one, the number one rock in our marriage has to be God. And as we love our two, which is our second most important priority, it's important for both the husband and the wife to understand their role and at the same time to value and appreciate the spouse's role. I want to talk today about the role of the man in the house. As men, we do some dumb things. And all the ladies were probably agreeing right there, even though they didn't say it out loud, but... Ladies, we're fully aware of the dumb things we do without you telling us. But even though men do some dumb things, God saw something inside of us to give the man daunting responsibilities. Men, here's your number one and your most important responsibility, and that is this, to realize that God made you to lead. God made you to lead. God made you as the man to lead your wife and to lead your family. If you're not married, your future wife. If you don't have children, your future family. God made you to lead. Look what it says in Ephesians 5 verse 23. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the saviour of the body. The Message Bible says, The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. I like that. That he is the head, not through domination, but he is the head through cherishing, through love, through valuing his wife. God made man to lead. Therefore, leadership is not what we should do. We've got to recognize this guy. Leadership is who we are. It's who we are. Look what it says in Ezekiel sorry, 22 and verse 30. The prophet writes, instructed by the Lord, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But notice what he says, I found no one. I was looking for a man, but I found no man. 
That verse to me is very sad. Why? Because God was just looking for a man. God was just looking for someone to stand up. God was looking for someone to take the lead. But it says he could not find one person. I wonder today if God is applying that scripture to your family, to your home today, whether God would still be looking. Because he would not find a man in his place, in his home, in his family to stand up and take the lead. Guys, it's time we take the lead. It's time we take our rightful place in our homes and we lead our families. Another commercial. You need to be here Tuesday night, guys. We're talking about your identity in Christ. You need to be here at 5.30 for the men's Bible study. Don't let the enemy plague you with your past. One thing I know today is we're not all perfect. Guys, we haven't done everything right. In fact, we've probably done a lot of things wrong in the past. We've probably neglected our role in the home. We've probably hurt our families, hurt our spouse. We've done things that we're not proud of. And we're certainly realizing that we've got guilt for some of those things. But you know what? Here's the decision today. Are we going to allow the past to continue to destroy our future? Or are we going to turn around and say, yes, I cannot change the past. The past is fixed. But you know what? I may not have been there in the past, but it's this day forward that I can change. It's this day forward that I can stand up from today. I've maybe neglected in the past and I understand that. And there's maybe things I can't regain and get back. But you know what? I can make a stand today. And I can purpose once again that I will take the lead. Come on, stand up, stand up. John Wesley, an incredible guy, said these words. He said, give me a hundred men who love nothing but God and hate nothing but sin and I can shake this whole world for Christ. Give me just a hundred men and I can change this whole world. Men, I've got news for you today. You can be that man. You can impact this world by starting in your own family. By starting in your own home. When we look at the beginning of the word of God, the beginning of time, we see that God created man first. It wasn't because he was better. In fact, I think God took man and when he made woman, he perfected it a whole lot better and made her a whole lot better looking. And if you don't agree with me, guys, have a look at other guys and have a look at women. And I'm sure you're going to say, P, you are preaching today, brother. So God didn't make us the best, but God created us first for this reason, because he created us to lead. We must be reminded of this because forgetting who we are will have extreme consequences. In too many homes today, the women are leading the family, not God's design. If you want a marriage that goes the difference or the distance, sorry, got the difference and the distances all messed up. If you want a marriage that goes the distance, you've got to find your rightful place. And fulfill that role. Now, some of you may say, well, my husband's not in that role. Well, until he isn't in that role, you need to be in that position. But don't allow that to be the excuse for why he's not in that rightful position. 
Because I have found this sometimes when people are in a position, the other thinks, well, why do I need to do something? Because someone's always there, already there. Vacancy sometimes will inspire someone to step up and to take the lead. Men are not functioning, many, in their role and in their position, in their home. Guys, I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you today. Why? Because it's just this important. If you don't take the lead in your homes, it's going to affect your home and it's going to affect your marriage. We cannot abdicate our leadership role. We cannot pass it off. It's ours to carry and it's ours to make. Back to the garden, you know, and we like to go back to the garden a lot and we like to blame poor Eve. You know, Eve was the one. It's all about her fault and she was the one that was tempted and she was this and she should have known better and she should have done this and she should have... But hold on a second. We need to look at someone else who was also in the garden. Look what it says in Genesis 3 verse 6, the latter part of that verse, it says, she took of its fruit and she ate and she also gave it to her husband who was with her. Her husband who was there with her and he ate. Now a lot of us like to rag on Eve, but hold on a second, God told man to lead his home. He gave him the rules and they didn't have a lot of rules, they only had one thing they couldn't do. And everything else was able to do. There was one thing they had to follow. And that one thing they had to follow was the one thing that they fell by. And you know why? Not because Eve ate, but because the man did not stand up and say, hold on a second. Why did did Adam not take a shovel and hit that serpent over the top of the head? Come on, why didn't he grab that fruit out of her hand and say, God told us not to eat of this fruit and throw it to the ground and stamp it. Under his foot. Adam that day was the leader. But that day he did nothing. And as a result of him doing nothing, we are still suffering the consequences today. Guys, if you're not going to lead, you're going to suffer the consequences. Your homes are going to suffer the consequences. You can't turn a blind eye anymore. You cannot be passive You cannot abdicate that which God has given into your care. If you don't lead, your family is going to suffer. But guys, let's just be honest. Here's our greatest lead or our greatest fear in leading. What if I don't have what it takes? We all battle with this. But what if I don't have what it takes? What if I therefore don't have what it takes so I lead my family in the wrong way? God, I've got the greatest intentions, but God, so many times I doubt my abilities. Can I help you here? I'm going to help you by telling you this. We all have insecurities. Come on, we all have insecurities. We all battle with them. And it's oftentimes the person we think is the securest is oftentimes the most insecure. The one who's the loudest, the one who's out there, the one who's screaming and hollering and and giving this big show and feels like he's got it all together. You know, the most intensive person, oftentimes that is just a front to mask the deep-rooted insecurities that they possess with them. 
Every one of us have got them. We've just got to learn to isolate them, to control them and not let them govern you. Guys, there is always fear that we will not have what it takes. But we've got to stand up and start leading our families according to the Word of God and just trust Him to know that He is going to give us what we need right when we need it. But I'm telling you right now, you already have what's needed. You already have it inside of you. The guys, the reason we come under such attack here is because Satan knows your role. And he wants to make you feel inadequate. He makes, wants to make you feel a failure, that you can't do it for what reason? So you won't do it. Come on, I've coined this phrase, and that is this. You've got the can, you just need to do. Come on, guys, you've got the can. You just need to do. You've got what it takes. You can do it. The Word of God says, I can do all things through what? Through Christ, through His help and strength. And you've got to remind yourself of what and who you are. And you've got to begin to act accordingly. You've got to lead your family. Man, here's three ways that you need to lead. Are you ready? The first way is this. You need to lead your family spiritually. 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 Turn once again to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read verse 25 through 27. It says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she should be holy and without blemish. God loved his church. And the way he loved his church and given his life is the way that God calls us as men to lead and love our homes. Our love for our families and our homes is not just to be based on emotional. It's not just an emotional love. But it has to be a spiritual leading love. Maybe it's your future wife. Maybe you've been married for a year. Maybe you've been married 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years and so on. But ask yourself this question. If you are married today, are you closer to God now since the time we very first met? Ask your spouse, the person you're dating, are you closer to God now than when we first met? And then ask this, are you closer to God because of my influence Or are you closer to God in spite of it? Come on, guys, this is a realization here that we need to come clean with, and that is this. We need to ask our spouse. We need to be honest because our role is to lead our families spiritually. If they're not coming closer to God through our role, through our leadership, guess what? We're not fulfilling the role that God has called us to do. We've got to lead our families spiritually. Our wives should be have a greater walk with God. Why? Because of the leadership spiritually that we are given in the home. I've always preached this and always tried to live by this to the best of my ability, but I believe the best way still to lead is by example. Come on, you cannot take somewhere, you cannot take someone somewhere where you haven't been or where you are not prepared 
to go. If you're going to take someone somewhere, you've got to either be there or you've got to be on your way there. Come on, to be able to lead your family spiritually, that means first and foremost, you've got to have a relationship with God. Guys, if you want to lead your family, you better find God. Come on, you've got to have a relationship with God. Guys, you need to learn how to cry. You need to learn how to pour out your heart before God. You need to be sincere in your walk. You don't need to look and say, oh, that's just for pansies. That's for sissies, all that kind of stuff. You need to have a relationship with God. Why God called you to lead and you can't spiritually lead your family if you are not in relationship with God. Do I hear an amen? Some other helps that we can have when leading our family and that is this. You know, it helps to pray together. As families, it helps to pray together. Pray with your family. It's amazing how many husbands and wives don't pray and can't pray together. Oh, I don't know what to pray about. I'm embarrassed to pray. I don't know what to pray. Isn't it amazing that we think nothing about having sex with our wives, but yet to pray scares us to death? Something wrong, guys. We need to be the spiritual leaders in our home. We can read together. Come on, guys, to a guy, a lot of the time the D word is a curse word. You know that devotion stuff? But We need to learn to read together. Study together. Be open and share with each other after messages such as this and every Sunday. Take time to sit out and just go through stuff. Go through your notes, compare. What was God showing you? What can we learn? What can we apply? What can we change? I mean, use these tools to help you spiritually. But listen to me, man, your spiritual leadership doesn't just stop with your wife. It goes on to your children too. And if you don't have children, you're going to one day. And if you don't plan to have them and you're maybe past childbearing age, guess what? There's a lot of kids out there that need to be mentored. They need some spiritual leadership. They need some people that's going to lead them in the way of God. But you know what? The best way for our, our kids to see a father in God it's for them to see God at work in their father. Let me say that one more time. The best way for our kids to see a father in God is for them to see a God at work in their father. Just this week, a friend of mine from England sent me a quote from Sarah Vine. She's a columnist for the Times newspaper. She was writing an article in reference to Whitney Houston and her life and her influence upon her child. And she put this quote in there, and I think it's pretty powerful. It says this, parents define their children's perception of normality. Parents define their children's perception of normality. Look what it says in Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 through 7. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. This is speaking to the parents, to the fathers. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way and when you lay down and when you raise up. As a dad, make it a priority to talk about spiritual things with your kids. Teach your children how throughout the day they can constantly be aware of God's goodness. Lead them prayerfully. Lead them intentionally. When you're going to the games, talk to them. 
It says when you walk by the way, when you what? You lie down, when you rise up. Throughout the time, use the opportunities that you have to lead your children spiritually, that they would love God with all of their hearts. So number one, guys, spiritually. Number two, financially. God has called us to lead our homes financially. Just as God made us first to lead, God also made us to provide. Guys, God made you the provider of your homes. And God calls you to lead in this way. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Now, I know that may be tough right there, but it's true. If you don't work, you don't get no money. You don't get no money. You can't buy no food. You can't buy no food. You've got nothing to eat. A lot of people turn around and say to me, Pastor P, there's no jobs out there. There's plenty of jobs out there. You just need to swallow some pride. You may not find that perfect job right now, but you know what? If your family is starving and they need something, I don't care what it is, get a job. Get three of them. Get four of them. Do something work. Why? Because God called you to provide financially and be the provider for your family. Do I hear an amen? amen? But you've also got to understand this. God doesn't mean that your wife cannot work. And God doesn't mean that your wife shouldn't contribute. But what God truly means when he says lead financially, it means that as the man you are to take charge in seeking God to make sure that your family is moving in the right direction financially. Financial problems contribute one of the most to destroying a marriage. When people are hiding things from each other, Financially, they're afraid to go through this. When one, you know, I, I say this all the time when I'm counseling people. I believe one person has to pay the bill. That's important. Why? Because if two people are paying the bill, you can pay the same one. One person needs to be the designated bill payer. But you know what? It doesn't mean that they just handle everything and the other person has a complete blind eye to what's going out and what's happening financially in the home. Why? Because you know what happens when one person takes control, they begin to think like this, "Mm, I can buy this and they'll never know. I could buy this and take this and by the time the money comes in, it will be replaced and they will never know. But what happens is they begin to take the lead financially in the home and they can be moving the home forward in a disastrous way. Man, if you're not paying the bills, that's fine. But guess what? You still need to be in control of your finances in your house. You need to take the lead. Don't make wrong decisions that can land your family in debt. Take charge. You know, guys, what we need to learn to say to our families, to our children, to those around us, we need to turn around and say, no, we're not going to buy that right now. We're not going to get that. But listen to me, don't just say no, explain why. The reason why we're not going to do that is because we're trying to get out of debt. But in a month or whatever, we'll hopefully be able to save up and then possibly we'll be able to get this, that or ever. See, take the lead financially. But remember this, when you take the lead financially, remember you live by the same standard. Doesn't mean you're telling her to do something and you go out and buy something for yourself. You're going to take the lead. Come on, leadership by example. Can I give you a couple of financial tips right now? Really good tips, I think, that will really help you in your finances. Tip number one, make decisions from where you're at, not where you hope to be. 
It's a good tip right there. Well, you know what? I'm believing I'm going to get a promotion. So let's just go out and buy that car right now because my promotion's coming next month. No, 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 no. Make decisions from where you're at right now. If you don't have the money in your bank account, that's not certain money. Do I hear an amen? Come on, don't make hopes or dreams or fantasies. Come on, that's fairy tale. That someday your prince will come. Your prince maybe won't come. You may have to kiss a frog for a while to start with. But come on, make decisions where you are at. Come on, these are good tips. Thank you, Pastor P. This is a good financial tip. Make decisions from where you're at and not where you hope to be. And you ready for number two? It's better than the first. Are you ready? Include God into your finances. Include God into your finances. 90% blessed goes a whole lot further than 100% cursed. What am I talking about? You may say, I can't afford to give. I beg to differ. You cannot afford not to give to God. Because I'm telling you, you give God his portion, his tithe, 10%. Guess what? God promises to redeem the rest. You know what redeeming is? It means he's going to work things out that I can't figure out. But it works, it works, it works, it works, it works. Put God first. Take financial leadership and responsibility. Leadership number three. Spiritual, financial, be the protector. As guys, many times we instinctively want to protect the ones we love. But one thing we've discussed and we're going to discuss in our marriage course that we're beginning tonight at five o'clock that everyone needs to be there for. Is we discuss this that many times it's easier for a guy to die for his wife than it is to say sorry to his wife. Why? Because there's a, a need inside of us to protect our life. Come on, guys, we want to be Superman. We want to be the macho protector. But can I talk about protection for a few moments? Protection is not just physically. I hope we all understand that aspect. Come on, if there's a noise in the night, I hope we're not kicking our wife out of the bed to go and see what's going on. Come on, I'm right behind you, sweetheart. I've got your back. Come on, let's go. They're going to see you. You're a lot better looking than me, and they're going to be gracious to you. They may kind of melt when they see you. I'm right there with you. Shout if you need me. Let me go and get the gun, and you just go and look quickly now. Hopefully we understand the physical protection aspect. But listen to me, guys. God has called you to protect your wives emotionally. Emotionally. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, talking about love. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love does everything at all times to protect. Love does at all times protect. You know, there's a lot of women out there that have been wounded and hurt by men. Maybe it's your wife, your spouse, maybe your spouse-to-be. It may have begun when they were young, when they were rejected and loved, unloved by a father. Maybe they were in a relationship that they were cheated on by a boyfriend. Or others said abusive, hurtful words about them. Or perhaps someone took advantage of them sexually. Perhaps they were abused, raped. Molested. There's a lot of hurt out there in women. And guys, God has called us to protect our wives emotionally. That means this, we cannot expose them back to those same hurts, those deep wounds. We must love them and protect them and let them know that we will never, ever do anything like that 
to them. Guys, we've got to learn how to encourage our wives. We've got to learn how to build them up. We've got to learn how to lift them high. We've got to learn to bring out those qualities and virtues that she's been afraid to unlock and reveal. Why? Because of the hurts and the pains of the past. We've got to be able to build trust, that she can have trust in us, absolute trust in us, that she will be vulnerable with us, giving herself to us without fear that we're going to hurt her or neglect her. That she can know that no matter what, you're not going to break that trust. But you can, she can trust you. Broken trust in a marriage is hard to regain. Men, it's your God-given responsibility to love her, cherish her, live for her, so that she can trust you and fully give herself to you that your marriage will be able to go the distance. And here's the beauty of it. If you don't know, guys, how to do that, ask God and he'll help you. He'll guide you. But guys, this is why church, I believe, is so important. Because if you don't always know what to do, be around other godly men that hopefully do know what to do. Follow other people's example. Be around people. This is why church is so important. Because we can not necessarily copy, but we can model. We can grab things and take things and learn from people. Learn how we see this person talk to his wife and handle. Come on, guys, it should never be for us to put down our wives verbally. To destroy them. You know what it is, guys. You've done it. All of a sudden, you just say something. And because you're speaking blue, it just crushes pink. And it's almost like you see all life just go out of them. And it breaks your heart. And you think to yourself, here's a person I'm supposed to protect. And I've just crushed them. Ladies, we're not perfect. We're trying. Guys, we've got to lead spiritually. We've got to lead emotionally and physically with protection. And we've got to lead financially. So I bring this to a close today and I want to continue this message on Wednesday night with this thought. Leadership is not dictatorship. Let me say that one more time. Leadership is not dictatorship. Leadership must also consider your spouse's position. And you know what? God calls us both to submit to each other. It's not just a woman that needs to submit to her husband. The husband needs to submit to his wife too. You know what we fall victim to many times in our marriages? We fall victim to competing instead of completing. That we compete with each other. Instead of complete each other. Men, you need to know today who you are. Men, you need to know today what you need to do. We're going to be talking about women next week. We'll be handling women in this way, the three lies that many women believe. Three what lies that many people believe is this, I've got to have a man. The second one is this, I'm not pretty enough and I'm not special enough and the third lie a woman has is this I can change him we're going to look at the different thoughts with a woman you need to be back guys you need to make sure your wives are back next week but here's the thought today if we want a marriage that's going to go the distance 
Let me recap quickly. We've got to get things in proper order. God has to be first. We've got to make sure that we're eliminating everything that we can that will affect a marriage. The three things that will affect our marriage is shame, deception, and the past. We've got to get those out of our marriage. We've got to realize we've got to put the big rocks in first because the stress and junk of life is going to fill up our lives. Big rocks, God first, spouse second, and then other things after that. We've got to realize that God wants us to pursue each other with passion. There has to be intimacy in our lives. But then we also need to realize there's a role and a responsibility that we need to fulfill. Guys, our responsibility is to lead. We lead spiritually. We lead financially. I'm protecting. But we do all those things through submission. Guys, it's time to take our rightful positions. And as we do that, we will see a marriage. We will see a home that will go the distance. Would you stand with me today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.